I want my chips with a dip, that's all I know. I don't want my chips plain, I want my chips with a dip. So bring them with this. kick off today's episode, the inaugural episode with a little off-season outlook, do some grades on the teams that we're looking forward to most this season. I don't know if you want to start it off, Adam, with the team you're most looking forward to and uh, what your grade there off-season. Unavoidably, my favorite team of this off-season has to be the Portland Trailblazers. I feel like it's half a homer pick because I've been a Trailblazers fan for the past five seasons or more than that. I can't really remember, but they just, they added so much more depth that they really needed. And it was disappointing seeing them going the going out the way that they did in the first round of the playoffs after they fought so hard to be in there. Like everybody was just like, you know, dinged up after that run. So dinged they were really in the run. Exactly. Yeah, they were. And I don't know. I feel like they'll catch more of a lucky break this year, hopefully, because I mean, Rodney Hood got tore his Achilles and like he's coming back this season. And I actually was a little shocked at first because they broke the news that he declined his player option. And I was like, fuck. I was like, he got hurt. Now he doesn't even want to come back. But then he ended up signing a bigger contract for two more years. I think he ended up getting paid like another $8 million. Yeah, he actually got a decent paycheck. I saw that. Um, I didn't realize that he had a player option that he declined. But obviously it makes sense. He declined it because they were like, hey, we're going to actually pay you more. (laughs) That's another thing though, is team showing loyalty keeps other uh, free agents interested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to you gotta show that like you can commit to these guys in order to create a nice culture for uh, future free agent signings for sure. Um, I mean, who did they lose really in the offseason? Did they lose Nobody. anybody? I think they only added side. Mario Hazania. Okay. Really bad assets. What sucks is that Hassan Whiteside, I feel like showed that he could be at least a serviceable JaVale McGee-like center. Mm-hmm. But... He's just too slow. And like, he just, he got killed in the playoffs because, you know, like, it's like Ennis Cantor. The guys that can't move laterally quick in the post just get, they get eaten alive no matter how big they are, you know? Well, and I feel like he just like, he doesn't perform high enough to really get quality minutes. He gets boards. Right. And his, like, I mean, he can't really score. Right. He can kind of score, but not like, he has a couple post moves, but he's not the best. So it's not that big of a loss, right? I mean, we can agree on that. Yeah. Um, you keep Mello. They signed Mello to a minimum. That's great. Oh yeah, you got to bring back Mello. Yeah. Um, I think Mello really loves it there. I think everyone really loves having Mello there, especially Dame. I think Dame is your number one supporter of Carmelo in that. Culture. I know. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's awesome that they brought him back. Uh, you picked up Derek Jones Jr. Um, you obviously Robert Covington. That that trade is huge. Uh, huge oh, so who'd they lose to that? Trevor Ariza. Yeah, so you're switching a guy out that Trevor played like for... 18 games with him during the season. Right. And right. His highlight of the season was he pushed Trey Young after Trey Young nutmegged him. Trey Young tried to nutmeg him, and Trevor Reza turned around and just shoved him right into the audience. So that was, was his pissed. high note for the year. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah. you trade that guy for Robert Covington, which is just huge. I mean, we just were talking before we uh, started recording here that Robert Covington's obviously going to be a starter. Um, Definitely. Uh, I feel like he would be in their starting five. Um, Mello's probably taking a bit of a step back with Rodney Hood coming back um, just because there's obviously just a lot of depth there at the wing. Yeah. Um, I think I even heard a thing where they, they said the owner has already had a discussion with Mello about less, lessening his role and he's apparently okay with it, allegedly. Uh, I read this. I can't remember where I read it or I heard another person discussing it on a podcast potentially. 
Um, obviously, that's all hearsay and whatnot, but hopefully Mello would be okay with taking a step back somewhat. I mean, there's no reason he still can't come out This is his out third there. chance, though. Right, right. And I mean, there's no reason he still can't come on the, out there and give him 12 points a game, yeah, exactly. 12 to 15 yeah. a game. I mean, and honestly, I don't think he's going to really need that many minutes to do that and the offense that they're able to create. I mean, they, I mean, he's able to find it post up in the corner and hit those threes pretty seamlessly. Like it, that seemed to be what he was doing mostly. Um, he still eats in the mid range too. Yeah. He's still he can, can, he's, he can still go out and get a bucket, but I think the need for him to go out and get a bucket now is going to kind of lessen. You know what I mean? I think he needs to, he really needs to fall into that, like hit three and D pretty much. You know what I mean? Just they be- played him a lot last season. It seems. I think they needed him though. You know what I mean? Yeah, they point. definitely did because I mean, that's the thing though, is that they went and filled up at those positions they were weak at and had to really kind of rely on mellow. Right. So now I mean, they filled up that holes. Now it's just kind of like mellow. We only need you for 20, 25 minutes a game, not 32. Right. That's what he has last season is 32.8 and he averaged 15 points a game. I would say even 20 though. Probably even like 20 minutes a game. It's probably it. Maybe even less, honestly. I mean, you got Derek Jones Jr. You're not going to want to leave Derek Jones Jr. on the bench. Right. You want to develop that talent. But there's there's also going to be nights though where you play Melo 35 minutes and Melo's out there getting buckets. You know what right. I mean? At least one of those nights, he's going to go off for 30. He's right. Carmelo right. Anthony. You know well, what I mean? He knows how to get his. Yeah, he knows how to go out and score. And the big thing is too, I guess, is uh, if Melo if Mello starts going out there and putting up 15 to 20 a game and it's really efficient, I mean, there's no yeah. reason he won't get the start, right? Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, if he if he earns it, that's great. That's but the thing if about he's not earning it and they're starting him and he's just begging to get more minutes and all this shit like i feel like that's when you're hurting yourself with yeah him. exactly like, he better if he's gonna start he has to earn it for sure um what'd you grade them then what was your final grade i, on the, I gave him the best grade that i could i think i gave him an a plus give him a plus no I, just an a just a. an a <laughs> i see i gave portland an a plus honestly just because like we we were just discussing this right before we started recording like what's the most important position in the NBA right now, your wings, right? Yep. Your exactly. wings are most valuable. Your two-way wings. So what did they do? They went out and added a bunch of wings. Now Derek Jones Jr. Right? He's not gonna be as He'll much be an asset for that team. Though. Yeah, yeah. But as far as like uh, offensive production, there's not a lot there. Don't need it though, right? You don't need uh, you don't need a whole bunch of offensive production from him. Um, so he's maybe not like particularly a a two-way wing. You know what I mean? Not yet yeah. at this point in his career. But they added a lot of wing depth. Um, Robert Covington is a two-way wing. Uh, oh, for sure. He, I mean, he's a he's a bucket and a great defender, right? I mean, he was also defending out of his position in Houston and doing a decent job. Like, not do you the know best. what he does? What his like one elite skill is? Because he's good at a lot of things. Like, he's good right. at three-point shooting, but he's not great. Right. He's good at like on-ball defense, but he's not like that great. He's still w- above average, though. Right. But. He can block shots really well for a guy his size. He blocks a lot of centers. And that's why the Rockets were playing at him at center, even though they were playing a ridiculous brand of basketball. Even though Russ playing is him, like a six foot four center. Exactly. Well, Russ is like just a super slasher is what he is. Yeah, but it's all inside scoring pretty much. He, for all intents and purposes, so fast, he might as well though. be a center. Yeah, I know. That but he like, has a step on it anybody yeah you can't guard me (laughs) exactly uh poor russ though well yeah that's a whole nother conversation (laughs) that's a whole nother conversation to have right and we don't even have them on our list here to discuss their grade today because if i had to grade them it would be atrocious and they probably wouldn't even register a grade uh but anyway it's about a q or a y on the scale (laughs) no shit uh (laughs) so i would say i'll go ahead and move on with uh my uh team that I'm most excited for um, this uh, as far as like how they did on the off season and like looking forward to their next season um, would be Phoenix dude. Uh, Phoenix just, I feel like took a huge leap by adding Chris Paul. Um, You pair up Chris Paul with Devin Booker. I feel like that's a great duo that is just waiting to flourish into something like really amazing. Like I saw like a couple days after they got that trade finalized that they were already in the gym together working out. 
in the yeah. on a court shooting together, like running drills. So like those dudes are already locking in, and obviously they didn't have a lot of time. Like obviously they have to lock in because of how short the off season is. But this is like a day after the trade, and they're already working out together. Like that, that's, that's yeah. fucking awesome. So I think they're going to be great. I think they're going to have really good on court chemistry. Um, I feel like they probably already have a pretty good relationship as it is since he's the head of the players association. So he's probably got a pretty good relationship with most of these top level guys and Devin Booker's knocking on the door of that top level. So I don't know. I think that's just going to elevate Devin Booker's game so much having a guy like Chris Paul on the court, uh, his vision, his experience. um, He's also still a walking bucket as well. He's showed that in OKC. There's obviously some concern with injury. So that's why I didn't go ahead and give them an A plus. I gave them an A because like Chris Paul could end up being a negative asset for them if he gets injured and just can't play. See, that's what I was going to contest to you is that Chris Paul really elevated his status last year because I feel like the season before last, he really put his stock down. You know, like he was constantly yeah, he was playing with James Harden. So yeah, can you blame him? And like everybody that plays with Harden just seems to be unhappy and like, right. Bl- so is it really? You have to start kind of blaming him at some point. Right. But like, but yeah, being in that situation itself is what led him to lose so much stock. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you kind of have to consider the angle though that what if he was in the perfect situation in Oklahoma City? He was the star player on that team. He had all that, all the guys' attention on that team. You know what I mean? He was the veteran. Like everyone looked up to him, basically. Um, he like they just had overperforming role players. Like Gilgis Alexander is good. He's gonna be, I feel like, almost Jimmy Butler like offensive wise, because he has like I don't know. He can get to the basket really easily, but I feel like he kind of has to improve his shooting form. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's that good of a shooter yet. He's right. decent, right? But. Schroeder was on that team too. Yep. And you're going to see him tear it up on the Lakers oh, this yeah. season. I can almost guarantee it. Well, I can see him putting up, up 23 points a game. Yeah. And I think his role gets bigger yeah. in this in this situation. So he's he's going to have to score more. I mean, that's why they brought him in. It's to bolster their offense. I feel like definitely. the Lakers front office should be looking at him saying, you're our third guy. Yeah. You're our third guy. Like, I we have like that, that much faith in you. Well, he was, okay, so he's the, he was the runner-up next to Trez for six men of the year. Right. So, either one of those guys is your third guy, I feel like, offensively. I don't trust Montrez Harrell. I don't trust Trez either, but, like, these are both of the dudes that are, like, candidates for, I mean, Trez was a six man of the year. Schroeder was a runner-up. So, like, naturally on a team like that is going to, if it's a team with two stars, like one of those guys is going to be your third guy. But yeah. uh, back to OKC and as far as Chris Paul's fit there, uh, I think systematically the fit was great, but I don't think they're obviously judging by all of their moves. They don't want to be in a winning position right now. They are, they are that sucks trying. for them though. I feel like they're still going to be decent. Yeah, but look I probably, all their draft assets, dude. It's not going to yeah. suck when they go to trade for a f- superstar or two in a couple of years or they sign That could be what they're and, trying to do is just assemble yeah. a good team of role players and they're like, hey, show up here. We got this, like adding KD to a Warriors type situation. You yes, know? yes. And they have all those assets the the trade package that they could assemble just with those assets alone and you know he's going to keep getting more you know Presti's going to keep getting more like I don't know they're going to make they're going to make a crazy move within the next three years that I think is going to change the landscape of the Western Conference that's going to be crazy they're always in it then that's the thing is when you have that many assets you're always in it right they have so much draft capital it's ridiculous Um, but yeah so Phoenix uh, I said uh, A not an A plus because of the concerns as far as like Chris Paul being injury prone. Uh, Going to be what thirty six, I think. Yeah. Uh, so LeBron. Right. Uh, you just and as far as injury history goes, his is much worse than much LeBron's worse. ever was. <laughs> that's another thing that's shaky about that situation is who's to say Chris Paul is not going to strain his hamstring like he's done the last four seasons in the playoffs. Right. He gets to that point and it's just like his like. His leg always just fails him. Right. He has a certain mileage on that. Like unless yeah. he can find some kind of balance this season where he can rehab during the season and still keep himself fresh and not play all out. Maybe the Suns don't gun for like a three, four seed, but instead they kind of settle for that six seed, try to get a good matchup. Mm-hmm. You know, late like in the lower scenes. Right. I don't know though, but like if they go full go, 
and really try to get out. I mean, and if that's what they, if that's what Chris Paul feels like he wants to do, I guess then go for it. But yeah. like you are, you are putting yourself at risk for more of a catastrophe when you could still have a successful season, make the playoffs for the first time in like whatever number of years. Cause I know they've had a drought. Um, not that long. I feel like, I think it's only been like seven or eight years. Uh, it's a bit of a drought though. Yeah. It it's might be, it might be longer than that. I don't know. Um, but you definitely, I feel like at this point you got to start succeeding to some degree to keep Booker, right? To yeah. keep Booker happy because exactly. I mean, you got to start winning. He's already been there for Do you th- five years or something, hasn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. been there for a he, while. He's, uh, he's he on what, a second contract. Is he's he twenty three this year. He's been on on Phoenix since he was eighteen or nineteen. Is I he think. on his rookie extension yet? No, he's past that. He's already signed a max deal. I'm pretty sure. Oh, is he on a max? Yeah. Let me look though. Um, I'm pretty sure he signs. I, he might not be on a max, but he might be on some kind of crazy contract extension. You know, what I mean, they might not have maxed him. Right, but he deserves it though. If he was the guy start on that talking team for salary. five years, oh, you start talking salaries and stuff. It gets so complicated. Oh, I know, because there's like, I forget what I was reading the other day about a big NBA deal that was kind of backloaded, where they were starting out making thirty five million, and by the end of it, they were making fifteen. That's like Danilo Gallinari, Danilo, they're gonna they're gonna be paying him like twenty three million for two years, and then his last one's like fourteen. So he's getting front. Front exactly. Loaded. Right. Yeah, he's paying getting him now. now. He's getting his money now. How does that guy get that much money? Well, and it's though? probably they probably have like a team option in there too for that last year too, where they can let him go, I or think they have so, a player yeah. option. You know what I mean? Like if he wants to leave at that point. Um, all right. Well, I would say Phoenix should probably do not as go as hard. Right. Manage Chris Paul's minutes a little bit more. Don't push so hard. Come in and come in at like the six six seed right I, yeah. I i wouldn't want to be as low low enough to where you have to compete in the play-in because you're just risking too much at that point i think it would be really entertaining to see them in the play-in tournament but like i think they're risking too much at that they're point. gonna be above that i feel yeah. like i feel like now with the warriors down they kind of like jump up a slot i feel like that gives them a little space and that gives everyone a little space i feel like houston and uh the warriors theoretically taking a step back yeah um so Phoenix, good job on that. Um, I don't know. Did you find out that contract? Yeah, information that's what on? I was just okay, looking I, at. I, know I figured you were waiting for that. Um, I was wrong because this is signed five-year rookie scale max extension on Saturday, July 7, 2018. Well, yeah, because so your first contract is max. always eight years. Your rookie contract is eight years. Or but four can, years. Four years. It's usually a two and two. Oh, so like oh, they'll okay. sign you to a rookie extension like a... Uh, Basically, a lot of guys are always signed to a two and two because you get okay. two years of sh- like they get two years to prove their role on the team, you know, right. or else they just cut them. And then if they end up being better than they expected, they can lock them into that lower salary before having to pay them the max. And that's what happened here. Mm. He got paid $2 million for three years. His last year was $3 million, And then he signed that max and the next year he got paid $27 million. So he got shot up in, in salary a lot. Okay. So that he's getting paid pretty well right now. 23, 24, he's going to be making $35.9 million. But whether if he's happy with just being paid or whether he wants to start winning, I'm sure he probably wants to start winning. Oh, yeah, he definitely wants five years of trying to work up to that. Like, you definitely want to be winning. Yeah. Well, we can go ahead and move on. Uh, What I'll go ahead and name the the next team that I was looking forward to. Uh, I got Miami on a grade here. Uh, I think Miami... I was looking forward to their uh, uh, their season, obviously, because of what they did in the bubble. Um, they really um, showed up, uh, outperformed f- everyone's expectations exactly, of yeah. them. Um, they beat Giannis. Yeah, they beat Giannis, which was just insane. And I remember saying, like, after the first game, like, joking, like, oh, dude, Jimmy, Jimmy's going to take down Giannis, kind of joking about it. Like, he did. Yeah, and then like after down. the second game, it started to be get real, right? Like, game two could, was the one he put up, I think, like forty points. Yeah, and that was when everyone started waking up about Jimmy Butler and exactly in his bubble run. Like that's when it started getting real, and you could just see it in the Bucks too. Like they were defeated. So like, bravo to the Miami Heat. Um, they really outperformed. They did great. Um, I didn't expect them to beat the Lakers. Uh, no. I can't say that I wouldn't like to see him pull it out a second game because that would have been fun, make it a little bit longer. But I also would have liked to have seen the Lakers just sweep them 4-0. They did win, too. Sweep. What is it? They did win, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. On they, the LA. 
They get they won oh, yeah, game, they won uh, game three. five. They won game. They won five. game three and game five. Right. So they didn't get the. So gentleman's. they were the only team that put two on the Lakers. Right. Everybody else what? Everyone else got a gentleman's sweep. Yeah. yeah. Uh Yeah. So bravo to the Miami Heat. However, I do feel like their offseason wasn't that great, and I feel like they did take a step back personally. Um, they lost Jay Crowder. He signed with the Suns. Signed He's going to be an asset for them. Yeah. Uh, didn't touch on that, but uh, that is a nice pickup for Phoenix getting uh, yeah, Jay definitely. Crowder. That's a good rotation player. Um, I think that hurts Miami's rotation. Uh, Jay Crowder was a huge part of the rotation. I'm not saying you can't supplement what he gave you, uh, but look who, who, who they added. Like Avery Bradley. I don't think Avery Bradley necessarily... That's a good pickup, though, for them. Yeah, I think I think it is a good pickup, but I don't think it net like he's he's a guard. He's not a forward. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you're, you they lost still a have wing. a slight hole at forward now. Yeah, you lost you lost a wing and you Definitely. replaced it with a guard. Like that's maybe not the best swap. I think Avery Bradley does fit into that team really well, though. Like I think that is a good find. Um, yeah, getting oh, him for sure. Um, I'm surprised he didn't want to go back to the Lakers, actually. Uh, but he also didn't go to the bubble with him. So maybe he was done with that team for whatever reason. Maybe it didn't seem like he was having any issues playing for them, but maybe he yeah. was. Maybe there was some off-court shit that we didn't see. You never know. You yeah, know. you never know. So he's in Miami now. I think that's a great pickup. But personally, I gave them a B- minus because I feel like they did take a step back. Uh, they also gave Myers Leonard like, a pretty big contract. If you want, you can look it up. Um just so we have an exact number, but like they, I think they, they overpaid Myers Leonard in my opinion, um, which I think also hurts their grade for me because it's like, it's Myers Leonard and the amount of money he got is like honestly ridiculous for what he is and what he brings to your team. They really haven't done anything outside of maxing Bam. Maxing Bam. They signed Goron to a one, one plus one. Um, they They paid him too, 19 million. Right. So that's another, that's another, uh, that's a contract though. Like like you pay, you pay him to keep him. You know what I mean? Like you you don't lose Goron, um, too much for their culture. I think it's showing loyalty though. Yeah. Showing your loyalty, um, to future free agent signings, AKA Giannis. Um, yeah. So you keep Goron on that one plus one. Meyer, Myers Leonard was also signed to a one plus one. I just think the money they gave him was outrageous. So I gave him a B minus. I don't know what you would grade their offseason really. Pretty probably just neutral, you know, a C. They still have good um they still have good assets though, I feel like. Um what was something that we were talking about though that could have just really like been a home run for them? What was that move that you mentioned? I don't know, you want to touch on that a little bit? And what, oh, Drew Holiday? What, yeah, what yeah. might, might have been if they could have got Drew Holiday? Drew Miami. Holiday would have probably been one of the most perfect system pieces for them to pick up. Because if they didn't sign Bradley, but instead got Holiday, that would just add another dangerous guard to their rotation. And I feel like that team... I mean, still, too, like, if they would have kept Jay Crowder and added Drew Holiday, they would have been right back in the same position they would be next year. Because they would have guys that are out there. They have, I feel like they would probably start Dragic, Holiday, Butler, Crowder, and um, Autobio. Yeah, and Bam. And that's a pretty solid defensive lineup. Even though Bam is undersized at center. And I feel like sometimes you probably do have to play him at power forward because he just, he can't, I don't know though. I he think, probably can guard Embiid. Right. That's who they need. Like what you said. That's yeah, we, yeah, we jo- always, Joel yeah, we Embiid. I always go back to the fact that Miami would be very, very, very well off if they could pull Joel Embiid down there. They I think him and Jimmy would play this. great together. I don't think him and Jimmy were an issue in Philly. I don't think that was really... I don't think their chemistry was an issue. I, I don't think, think it's just the whole entire system. Yeah, exactly. Like their front office was probably what he was most upset about. Right. Yeah, I think Embiid... I think, I think being in Miami's culture would be great for Embiid too. If he would step up, right? Like I think it could motivate him to work a lot harder, which I think is what we need, right? He needs to get off the milkshakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if those and, rumors are true. Yeah, get off the milkshakes, buddy. You could be our era Shaq. So just start stepping up to the plate. Yeah, but you know what? Shaq couldn't lay off the pizza either. Or Big Macs. Yeah. Uh, well, now if you want to go ahead and jump into your next team. I feel like it's time for us to talk about the Los Angeles Clippers. Ooh. And oof. this is a team Oof. that we have basically shown no respect to. 
I mean, how Don't can you? Don't you agree? I know. That's the thing. Their two-star players you? went over, over in the freaking fourth quarter they took of game the seven. biggest L's of any NBA players this season. People, Giannis should be praising the Clippers because Giannis kind of fell on his face in the playoffs. And Clippers but not as hard him. as the Clippers. The Clippers did. outdid him, yeah. yeah. If the Clippers wouldn't have choked as hard, like Giannis, I feel like, would be getting more flack right now than he is. Yeah. Because like the ultimate failure of the playoff run was what the Clippers just self-imploded and just, it was atrocious. I just can't believe it though because last year, Kawhi was that guy. He was that guy that was clutching the playoffs and coming through. And then this year, they just, they didn't have any kind of clutch part of their game. They weren't closing They out. weren't clutch, period. I mean, exactly. you're up 3-1 and you can't win a single game. I like, mean, that's not clutch. You, you are officially not clutch when you blow a 3-1 lead. So have you heard any of the talks that's coming about them this offseason? Like a lot of people are kind of giving some insight to what the locker room was like. Yeah, yeah. So I pretty much try to take all of it as rumors anyways. Right. But some of the strongest things I was reading the other day was that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard got to control when the Clippers practiced. Like if they didn't want to practice that day, they were like, hey guys, let's just move it to Friday. Yeah, I heard they would show up late a lot and stuff too. They would make them late to plane flights all the time because uh, Kawhi lived outside of the city so it took him longer to live in san diego yeah it took him longer to get in there uh for their flights so i heard that was a huge issue but to their credit i heard that trez was one of the biggest like problems like in the locker room as far as like having issues with Kawhi and paul i heard it was trez that was just calling him out yeah he was the one that had the most issues with them and their special treatment. So they did clean him out. If that's all true, right? They got rid of yeah. like the main problem, but I feel like you still got Lou will stuck in that system. You still got Pat Bev. Like those guys have to feel somewhat offended too with like, oh, they, yeah. they took the uh, warriors to what? Five games, six, six, games they took six the without any year. of those guys. Yeah. yeah. The previous year. And then one of the games I had a huge comeback in Remember, I think it was yeah. like game four. They had like they a came ridiculous back like 18 comeback or 19 points in the last quarter in one quarter. Yeah. They just spazzed. Uh, so like that, this was a really competitive team, a close knit group, I feel like. And right. then they just brought in these two like mega superstars, which we were calling bullshit on from the get go. Right. Like, hey, this might not be a good, a good idea. Like I think me more so than anyone in our friend group was like, dude, they're going to fuck up the culture. Like you'll hear all this talk about culture, but I feel like that was just like an obvious move that was going to mess up culture. Yeah. Like this is a close knit kind of scrappy group of dudes. And then you bring in two prima donnas in Kawhi and Paul George. Like that's going to, that's going to mess up that, that system and that energy in that locker room. When you think about that, when you think about the Clippers having that kind of mentality, who do you think would best fit that group? If Paul George and Kawhi aren't there. Yeah. Who's another stupid superstar you could put into that system and see thriving and then really becoming a contender? You know what I mean? You have that perfect situation of role players that has a built culture around them. Russ? Russ, maybe. I was thinking more Embiid or Jimmy Jimmy Butler. Okay, yeah, Jimmy Butler, for sure. Uh, Embiid... And B would have to step up. I feel like in any situation with a B, he, he has to step up in Philly too. Like and B just has to step up in general, but like especially if he was going to a culture like uh Miami or if he was going into like last year not uh two seasons ago, Clippers, yeah. like that culture. If he was going into that culture, he would definitely have to step up. I feel like he would still have to step up in the current culture of uh the Clippers as well. Um, but I feel like Jimmy Butler would fit that system yeah. really well. Um, if Kawhi and Paul weren't there, like I feel like Jimmy. Apparently, Kawhi wanted Jimmy before Paul. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that's what I heard in like a fleeting like topic of a discussion. Uh, obviously, all rumors, rumors, and nothing confirmed. But I heard that Jimmy Butler was actually his first choice before Paul George. Which I don't know. I think fit wise, Paul George is actually a better choice. But as far as like on court, on court, maybe. No. No, you don't agree? No. You think Jimmy would have been better? No, I think Jimmy and Kawhi as your Kawhi wings. would be a slashing monster. Yeah. Kawhi lives in the mid-range. So does Jimmy. Isn't These that guys too much? would destroy the spacing requirements of current NBA offenses. They would be drive and kick. 
especially Jimmy, because that's what he was doing a lot in Miami too, or that's what he is so doing. So you just a lot surround him with shooters and exactly. You get those guys with shooters. They had Shamit. If you you could have ran a lineup probably of Jimmy Shamit, uh, Kawhi, um, Jermichael Green, mm-hmm. and um, which is no longer there anymore. Heyo, Denver. He, he called them out when he left too. He right. was like. Our team didn't have that grit against the Nuggets. And he was like, when I saw them put out like that, he was like, I wanted to... I wanted to be there. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That's what. That's exactly what he said. He was like, I know where I want to be. He was like, I want to be there with these guys because they're out there putting it all... Grinding. Exactly. Grinding. Well, well, I mean, we could talk all day about what could have been if they would have brought in Jimmy Butler instead of Paul George because I think Paul George is probably the most to blame for their ultimate flop like Paul George you just got to be better overall like Kawhi is that dude allegedly so like Kawhi has to like I feel like shoulders most of the blame but like honestly like Paul George you're hitting the back of the backboard yeah in the fourth quarter of a of an elimination game like go home you don't belong there <laughs> like until you start stepping up you don't belong bro not you don't belong having your own shoe like who gave that guy a shoe deal this dude's hitting the back of the backboard in elimination. And who else games. bought a shoe but me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you probably feel pretty regretful about that. Um, it was well, between to, that and Kyrie's for me. And look at both of those yeah, deals. Dude, that no, one, neither of those panned out. Oh Kanye West didn't work out for you either. <laughs> We're talking rap game. Uh, but back to basketball. Uh, what would you grade their offseason then? Because they lost Jermichael Green. They lost Trez. Who else did they lose? Shame it. They replaced him with Luke Kennard from Detroit, who has been only healthy for like three quarters of a season since his rookie year. Not a good replacement. Not a good asset like. at all. Exactly. I feel like Shamit is way better. Why not keep Shamit? Exactly. Maybe Shamit didn't want to be there anymore at all and didn't want to discuss. Probably not. I don't right. blame him. Right. Because and I he's mean, in Philly now, right? No, he went to he went to Brooklyn. He's in uh, Brooklyn oh, now. Brooklyn, that's great. He's going to be a freaking. He's just going to be standing behind him. the line shooting threes. Exactly. Yeah. He's all. He reminds me of J.R. Smith almost. Yeah. Kinda. He's not that athletic because J.R. Smith used to be pretty athletic, but he He's reminds me of just that like middle-aged, uh, middle-aged, yeah, uh, J.R. Smith. He's not as high as J.R. Smith. That's no, for sure. nobody's as high as J.R. Smith is, dude. <laughs> so Clippers lose Shamit, Trez, and Green. They pull in Ibaka, which I think systematically Ibaka makes more sense, sense with Kawhi. Obviously, they won a championship together in Toronto. I feel like you need to bolster your defense if you're the Clippers because you let Denver come back from a 3-1 deficit and absolutely destroy you offensively. You had no answer for them. So I feel like defensively, you needed to bolster your game. So you replace Trez with Ibaka. So you lose some offense from Trez, which wasn't needed with who you have. Exactly, you have yeah. Kawhi and Paul. You don't. That should be your offense right there. Exactly. So you bring in Ibaka, who adds a little bit to your offense, but also adds a hell of a lot to your defense. Uh, it's just a big body that you can put out there. Um, stretches your floor. There yeah, stretches your floor even. Um, so uh, that's a there good were times move. for the Raptors that Ibaka would kind of low key take over playoff games. Yeah, like he all of a sudden he'd step in because usually he didn't start. I'm pretty sure. No, I think he was coming off the bench in Toronto because Gasol was getting that stuff. Yeah, yeah, and Gasol. Oh my god. Yeah, so they lose. They bring in Ibaka, which is a good move. But I feel like they lost more than what they gained, and I also don't think they gained what they truly needed. Like, replacing Trez, I get that, especially if he was, like, a huge issue in the locker room with that. Yeah. that's That makes perfect sense. You get rid of Trez, you replace him with a Baca, good move. But you still didn't get a point guard, and you really need a ball handler. Well, Kawhi's not Beverly. Yeah, but he's not... He's more of a defensive-minded player. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. If I'm them, I'm shipping Lou, Lou Will, and Pat Bev for a younger point guard or something. Like, you you need a ball handler. They need Schroeder. <laughs> they need Dennis Schroeder. You need anyone. a primary ball, primary ball handler. Because like, Kawhi's not a point forward like LeBron. Yeah. Kawhi's not bringing the ball up the floor. He doesn't have that. I mean, I'm not saying that. he's He is a really good passer, but he's not your primary ball handler. Do you know what would be an interesting trade for the Clippers to make? What if they did ship out Pat Bev and Lou Williams to Cleveland for Darius Garland? He was a rookie last year. Okay. And he's pretty primarily a point guard. You know, Cleveland has two point guards, which it's a mess. Cleveland is a mess right now. But if they wanted to just give up on Garland and send him to Los Angeles, he's a guy that's trying to break out basically as a Damian Lillard type player, I think. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I can't, I don't think he has like the greatest passing vision. 
Right. But I feel like that's something he could probably develop. You know what I mean? Right. He's a rookie and I mean, he can't get too like heady, I feel like, if he's not really breaking out. You know what I mean? He kind of has to accept a role. Right. Which I'm is what you... I'm how to live though, but like... <laughs> but well, like, yeah, you're coming in behind Kawhi and Paul George. So right, naturally, yeah. you're not going to be the the guy. But he's he would kind of fit that mold that they need though because he's like a smaller, quick guard that would be able to at least score eight to 13 points a night. He's a guy that could step into that role better so than I think Lou Williams at this stage of his career will. And because... Lou Williams would do it during the regular season, but not in the playoffs, it seems like. He gets shut down in the playoffs pretty often. The only time that he really didn't falter in the playoffs was when the they came back last year against the Warriors. You know, They came mm-hmm. back and had that big run in the fourth. Lou Williams was a big part of that. He was just hitting shots. Right. So, I mean, they wanted him around to see if he would at least go off like that again, but he didn't this year. Right. I feel like he had a bad playoffs. So, and a lot of people were saying they should have got Rondo, and I understand why they say that, but I think he's too much of a risk in your in your culture and injury wise, because like he hardly didn't play at all. Yeah, last, you know what I mean. Like yeah. the last few seasons, he hasn't played that much during the regular season. Obviously, he stepped up huge in the playoffs this year. But like, you're not going to be getting that Rondo every single night. And the contract, right. then the contract that it took to get him, that could have been the their Clippers couldn't offer. The Clippers couldn't offer that money that Atlanta offered him, and he obviously wanted money. He obviously wanted the bag over. <laughs> this, over contending, oh, yeah. Contending because he went to Atlanta for what, 12 million a year or something like that? I think Atlanta's fake. I feel like they made a lot of moves this offseason, but I feel like they're still fake. Yeah, I don't. And they got too much going on. I don't trust them at all. Yeah. Um, what would you grade the Clippers offseason, though? Not going to lie, probably like a C minus to a D. Yeah, I range. put them really good. as a C plus just because I do like Ibaka, but like you didn't add what you really needed. And you they lost a lot more. Yeah. yeah, you didn't. You need a playmaker, and then you lost to shooting, pretty much. So, like, what did you really do? Do you know what sucks for them is that they are Paul George. One of the biggest mistakes he made was making it seem like the Clippers had no pressure on them. When from the beginning of the season, that's all they've had on them was mm-hmm. pressure. Right. That's all they had was pressure. And Paul George literally would not just come out and accept it. You know what I mean? He was always just like, "There's no pressure on us. We're in the driver's seat." When they're up three to one, and they fucking blow it. Yeah, he had like, all the pressure in the world on exactly. you. Exactly. Because LeBron like, was cruising, cruising. But Le- LeBron accepts the pressure, though. Yeah. Paul George stands in front of it, but LeBron accepts it, you know? And embraces it and exactly. takes it head on. And Paul gen- George gentlemen sweeps everyone except for the Miami Heat in the playoffs at 35 years old, mind you. But uh, So it's a, ta- it's a tale of two L.A off seasons. Yeah. That's and I would say the la- and that brings it's me right into the Lakers grade then with an A minus. Um, so C plus for the Clippers and an A minus to Lakers for me. You know, I'm going to revise mine because I gave him an A, but I think I'm going to move him down to a B because I don't think that Montrez Harrell is going to be a great fit on this team. Okay. I don't okay. like that fit. I like the Trez fit. The Trez fit isn't why I give him an A minus. Um, I gave him an A minus for the fact that you lost a lot of defense without like, Howard. Without Definitely. Howard, without Danny Green. Um, who else did they lose? McGee. McGee. Yeah. So like their whole identity last season was defense. Everyone that's commit to defense. And what happened? We created probably one of the most deadliest teams in transition that oh, yeah, they, they we've ever crazy. seen. And their transition game was ridiculous. And the, that was all stemming from the fact that their defense was so tight. They could create those transition points because you got LeBron James is probably one of the best transition players the game has ever seen. Yeah, right. And you got a seven footer cherry picking all the time. Anthony Davis is just huge. Yeah, and they were just lobbing the ball full court down to him. Right. How many times did we see that? And like, it would stress me out because I'm like, you're going to throw the ball out of bounds. But somehow they would always find him he there. He always caught it. He would always catch it. And nine times out of 10, that dude was putting that ball in the hole after that. So, I mean, their transition game was just amazing because of their defense. Um, so they really went, took a swing at bolstering their offense and they really yeah. sacrificed a lot on defense. So I feel like that's why I gave them an A minus. I don't think it hurts them enough to the point that they're going to go to a B because you still have LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So I think regardless of the team, technically they added LeBron James and Anthony Davis (laughs) because they both (laughs) re-signed. So, I mean, in that case you get a super A plus, but like just, yeah, yeah. That's like a, that's like an A plus, 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 plus. 
Um, you can keep saying plus till the end of time and that wouldn't account for it. But you have those two guys. So like naturally you're still going to be pretty okay. Um, they added Mark Gasol as well. I think that's great. Um, so yeah, you, you're changing your identity a little bit. You're shifting to a more offensive mindset, which is more of what LeBron's teams in the past have. That's put some shooting around him, even though they can never seem to get the right shooters around him I <laughs> in know. Cleveland. It's like, it always seems obvious for what to do with a LeBron James team. Put shooters on the perimeter because that dude's going to draw so much attention when he drives it into the paint. So you have to get guys who can knock down shots. So you put Wesley Matthews out there. You put uh, Dennis Schroeder out there. You put Montrez out there. Like these are guys that can shoot the ball and score. So put them with LeBron. They're going to eat. They're going to score a lot because he's going to be kicking the ball out to those guys. What I wonder is if the Lakers front office sees Montrez Harrell as the same kind of asset that Dwight Howard was. Dwight Howard was crucial on defense for them, but he was limited on offense. But Montrez Harrell is the opposite. Right. He's he could be crucial on offense for them scoring in the paint and like maybe mid-range. But he's a liability on defense. Right. Yeah. Which a lot of times that's that's what really hurts you in the playoffs. Unless he can step up and really start to be able to guard at least power forwards better because that's what they got Marcus Gasol for. Marcus Gasol is there to be the post defender and shoot threes. Right. That's what his role is going to be. Right. Marcus Gasol is your rim protector. Right. Marcus Gasol starting in my opinion. Yeah, he will. Like he's just Trez Trez is already the sixth man of the year. Like he is a sixth man. Like I feel like that fits him well. I don't think he Maybe not on in this team on the Lakers in particular. He's not a starter. Maybe on another team, Trez would be a starter. But Gasol gets that start. Trez will probably get team. more minutes overall. Probably, Trez, yeah. But Mark Gasol gets to start, in my opinion, because he's yeah. your he's your rim protector. Gasol, a defensive duo of Gasol and Anthony Davis is going to be. Ridiculous. It sounds scary. It's scary. People for should sure. be scared of that. Like, I feel like that duo itself is better than if you put another elite forward next to Rudy Gobert. Right. Say. And Gasol's old. He's getting up. Yeah, there. he doesn't have any lateral quickness anymore. Right. Or quickness in general. He's just so slow. But what they're going to need from him, I don't think it's going to be too much of an issue. If he can just stay healthy. Pick and pop. Yeah. Pick and pop. He's going to post up on the above the three-point break all the time. Yeah. He'll be able to set good screens. He's a big body. He's going to grab some boards. Uh, yeah, he's definitely, he's solid. He's a solid find. Yeah, I give him A minus. He said, what, B plus? Yeah. Because I'm skeptical of the Harrell edition. Yeah, Trez, but Trez is an interesting fit. Them adding Wesley Matthews is, I feel like it's probably going to be an upgrade, if not just consistency from what the absence of Danny Green is going to have. I, I just feel like Danny Green has taken a step back, whereas Wesley Matthews is not necessarily taking a step forward, but hasn't really declined. Whereas Danny Green right. definitely just declined. Yeah. Well, and Danny Green declined defensively not, as well, not just offensively. Like he wasn't moving laterally as quick as he normally has. It was that hip injury, though. Yeah. Yeah, it was. You remember because he was walking. He was he would run real real weird. Mm-hmm. Like he would kind of stick stick his hips behind his back. Right. Like he almost had too perfect of a running posture. It looks like. Yeah, he looked. He did. He was running on his toes. Yeah. Like so, but yeah, a lot of people said that he was dealing with a. Not serious, but just aggravating hip injuries. So he couldn't be 100%. Right. So I don't know. Like the Lakers went the distance in the playoffs and Danny Green played a lot of minutes in a lot of those games. So I don't know if he's had the time to rehab because he plays for Philadelphia now. And a lot of people are saying that that was a big addition for Philadelphia. But if he can perform. Yeah, exactly. Like if he's Danny Green from Toronto or if he's Danny Green from the Spurs. Danny Green in Toronto was arguably... Not that great either. Okay, Even though he, he had Danny a ridiculous Green from the year Lakers from regular, yeah, he did have a ridiculous year that uh, from three. If he would have been Danny Green from the Lakers regular season this year before they got into the bubble, if he would have like been pre bubble Danny Green, if he would have been first game of the season, Danny when he Green. hit eight threes, <laughs> yeah, or, or maybe seven. Off. I think he hit seven, like seven for eight or something. It was ridiculous. He went absolutely off. They still lost that game though to the Clippers. Remember? Did they really? Yeah. I thought they won. No, they lost oh, the first shit. matchup against them and they won the second that one. It feels like... Yeah, we only saw them, like we only saw them play ago. each other twice. No, they played once in the bubble too, I think, three times. And I think Bron... Did they beat them? Lakers got beat in the bubble, I think, by them. Because I think the Lakers no, lost... Lakers, like, Lakers beat them. In the bubble? 
Yeah. And the seeding game. I yeah, because remember, uh, LeBron they lost James. every single seeding game. LeBron James made some kind of shot over Paul George, I thought. Uh, okay. Paul George got embarrassed. Wow, big surprise. <laughs> well, Did they? I don't know. You I have to look who, that I up. I can't remember who won that third game that they played for the season, but I know. No, LeBron locked down Paul George on that last possession. Right. So that's what happened. Yeah, Paul George did get embarrassed. So typical. He typical missed, Paul he missed George. the clutch shot. <laughs> he did. God damn it, Paul. Like, he's just falling straight on his face. But yeah, the Lakers did have a good offseason. I feel like we're probably going to see Kuzma and Caruso take at least a half step forward. Because yeah. I feel like they have more trust from LeBron now. Yeah. Because as much as Kuzma didn't really ball out in the playoffs, he still played his role. He right. got a few points here and there. And that so dude did, just needs to get really good at slashing and playing defense. Exactly. Yeah. Like do what Caruso does, dude. Like just start imitating Caruso pretty much. Like be a dog defensively and, and then cut, he'll always cut, be able cut, to play cut, for that team. Cut, cut. Right. Like LeBron's going to find you. <laughs> start getting really good at cutting to the basket. Cause that's like the best possessions that Caruso has is when he's able to get open and cut to the basket and finish, finish a drive. Exactly. And yeah. Kuz is pretty good off finishing a drive. So it's like, dude, just get better at cutting. I think he wants to be a shooter though, too, at the same time. Yeah. So that's what kind of limits him. He wants to be that in that shooter role. He wants to be pulling threes, right? Who doesn't in the NBA. Yeah. Get some days. more girls. <laughs> you know, it does. Uh, what was your next team though? Because uh, I had the Lakers. Um, let me take a look here because I know we've been kind of centered on two teams here. The Lakers it's and the Clippers. The it's hard discussion. not to talk about them though. They're the biggest teams in the NBA. Yeah. So I heard some interesting rumors about the Boston Celtics today. I was reading online and allegedly the Boston Celtics were shopping around Kemba Walker this offseason because Kemba's knees are starting to give out. And they were kind of looking to offload him. I heard they were, were trying saying, to move him in the draft. Yeah. A lot of people were saying they were trying to deal him to Cleveland. Interesting. For what? Yeah. What are you going to get back? But may, they probably wouldn't get back anything anywhere, right? So, like, you probably just pull the trigger, but they probably didn't. What if they traded? What if they ended up trading Kemba Walker for John Wall? <laughs> that would have been an interesting. Kemba Walker goes to Washington with Bradley Beal. Yeah. That never would have happened. Uh, well, no, definitely not. Is that, the, is that your next grade though? Yes, it was the Boston Celtics. And I gave them a C. Oh, okay. Because they really didn't have a good offseason. The only asset <laughs> right. that they really added was Tristan Thompson. And how much of an asset is that, ladies and gentlemen? You know, actually, I feel like it's not... He's part of the reason I would give them as high as a C. It's because I feel like really? Thompson is going to be a passable post defender for them. I feel like he's going to be, he's going to bolster some of their like inside presence okay. because he's going to be able to get boards for them. And I never had faith in Tice or um, Robert Williams, who is the current Celtics center rotation. Okay. Not good. I feel like Tice is really slow and he gets burnt pretty often. Mm -hmm. And by a lot of different centers, he's basically just a big body is what it comes down to. He can get some boards and he can, I don't know. They had him shoot threes a couple of times in the playoffs and it never worked out. Right. I mean, the Celtics are still a really good team though. As long as they have Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're going to be a good team and they're going to be competing in the Eastern Conference Finals if they can find a way there. You know what I mean? Because they have more playoff experience than Giannis does. They've right. been to the Eastern Conference Finals two times already. Right. They've been on the brink. But you know what the reason I feel like they did not move forward this year was? They weren't giving the ball to Jalen Brown enough. Jalen Brown, that. I remember down it was after stretch, like game three of that series against. They, yeah. It was almost like they were freezing him out. Yep. Kemba Walker would not look his way. Jason Tatum, granted, Jason Tatum was actually putting points up and, you know, Jason doing Tatum work. was balling out. Exactly. So, I mean, in his own right, he doesn't have to look Jalen's way, but. Kemba Walker was straight taking over ISO possessions sometimes. And I was like, you got to get the ball to Brown because Brown is the one taking smart shots. Right. He's the one he's that's better. Over. He's better overall. <laughs> like when that guy shoots from the corner threes in the crunch time of late game, late crunch time of games, he's making them. He mm -hmm. makes, I feel like he made a lot more than he missed in those situations. And he just kept their momentum alive a lot of the time. And they just need to look his way more because he's that, I don't know. There's been something with them, that team, since Kyrie's been there, like, not, no one knows their role. Yeah. 
Yeah, that is kind of strange, isn't the it? The roles because aren't defined, and they got too much going on to not define their roles. That's what's funny. They it's got funny so much talent, that, they need to define their roles. Right. They're, they're, they're hurting themselves by not. I feel like they're hurting themselves by playing Brown at small forward and Tatum at power forward. Yeah. I feel like they need to move up. They need to move up and be matched against guys that are... They're big for their positions. Mm-hmm. Tatum is 6'9", six, 6'10", six, I think. Mm-hmm. No, probably not that tall. But he's, he's at least 6'8". Pretty sure he's... I want to say he's 6'9". Uh, he's big. And he can outmatch most small forwards. And it, like, I feel like Brandon Ingram can't guard Tatum. Oh, who, okay. Tatum's 6'8". 6'8", okay. But that's yeah. still pretty big for a small forward, though. That's, well, he looks big, too. Yeah, because he's just got a... He's just got a... I don't know. It's it's a he is like a unique frame because he looks like Dwight Howard almost. He's built up top. Yeah, he's really built up top. Like his shoulders are broad. Um, yeah, I just always felt like they have a lot going on and they don't really know their roles, so it doesn't quite work. But that's They're right there. But it doesn't quite work. But it is scary to think that you're giving young guys like Tatum and Brown this much experience in the playoffs this early in their career. Right, exactly. Let alone the Eastern Conference Finals. They've been there twice now at this young of an age. Like, you're... That's a problem for other guys in their class. They they really were hurting when they lost Al Horford. Yeah. They should have kept Horford. They should have tried to... I don't know. I I guess he wanted out of that locker room though too. Yeah. That's well, what it I came think down to. Al Horford continues continues to just be a problem places he goes. Uh he was a positive asset for Boston when he played for them, but last year really flipped that on its head because he was not good for Did you see all the hate him and his family were yes. on Twitter, dude? People like were, were saying we're getting like death threats. Yeah, to his sister. And Somebody like they were calling his sister. sister. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck? Because yeah. this guy sucks at playing center. Yeah, they were saying some crazy stuff. He was getting like death threats um on Twitter. It's nuts. Jesus. Uh, Unnecessary for sure. Like leave, leave that guy alone. Calm, <laughs> move on. Calm down. Uh, so you graded them a a C. A C. A hard C. And you don't. You're not that impressed then. No. No. Yeah. But I'm I still feel like I would be agree good. with your. I would agree with your grade. I feel like what they really fell short of was. I think they wanted Oladipo. Okay. I really think they wanted to get Oladipo this season. They didn't season. want Turner, and Turner was in the package. And I don't why know why you don't want take, Turner. I don't take Turner over Thompson. And nearly every single uh, media uh, person I've heard discuss this on podcasts and everything is like, why don't you want Turner? Like he would be such a good asset for them. He's everything they want in a center. He's, he's a guy that's going to stretch the floor, get boards and blocks. Yep. And that's what they need. Yep. You pick and pop, pop him behind the three, dude. Like apparently the dude's been shooting the three since high school and like can shoot the three really well. It's just, they were, ha- they decently, were having, not really, I feel yeah, like not decent, really well, okay, but like yeah, really well stretch. respectable, but they know? weren't, they weren't having him jump behind the line in Indiana. Everyone was saying they were picking popping him for like 20 foot jumpers. I never really watched him. So I really Me don't either. know, but they were saying they were picking popping him on like 20 foot jumpers when it's like, why don't you just hop behind the line on that pop and get hit that extra three. point? Yeah. Get the extra point. So I think he would have fit great. In Boston, I really don't know why they didn't want him. And maybe it's because he didn't want to go there. Maybe that's the side of it that no one's addressing. I think what I had read about why that trade fell apart was that Danny Ainge got greedy. Danny Green, Danny Ainge was trying to suck as much assets out of them as possible. Mm-hmm. And basically, Indiana... They already, enough, they already got enough draft capital. Indiana offered them Oladipo and Turner and I think a pick, like a second round pick for... Kimba? And Hayward. Oh, they were trying to sign and trade Hayward. Yeah, because Hayward wanted to go to Indiana. Yeah, because that's his home home state. Right. He was, wanted was to go Kimba and play in Indiana. Deal or were they keeping Kemba? I feel like they were probably gonna. They had to deal him. I feel like you have to. I mean, who's your ball handler at that point? Though? Oladipo, your primary ball handler. You trust him to be your your point guard. Smart, Marcus Smart. They might have had to dump him though too. Maybe that's who I it think was. Marcus I think Smart it was, was getting Smart. dumped. Yeah. yeah, Smart and Hayward were going to go to Indiana. Right. Yeah, and then Gordon Hayward goes and gets the absolute bag from Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan said, here's a bag. <laughs> here's $120 million. That bag. is going to be one of the worst signings. Oh, for sure. It's going to be awful. Like, we could do a whole podcast about how horrible that's going to go for them, but <laughs> I would just feel bad for Michael Jordan if I did that. Uh, so they Boston, had the worst. They had, I would say they had a D offseason. They added Lomelo Ball and Gordon Hayward. Yeah, and 
you added LeVar Ball. Yikes. You added LeVar Ball in that as well. When you add LaMelo, you add LeVar. So I'm sorry. That's going to gonna take you down negatively as an organization. What's to so have that funny? man anywhere near your organization is just atrocious. Exactly. LeVar Ball is just a joke. He is. <laughs> I watched a video about him last night, actually. And do you know what LeVar Ball was like? It'll take $200 million for me to one-on-one Michael Jordan. Yeah. What? Absolute joke. And the funny thing is, is that he said he would beat MJ one-on-one and MJ selected his son. Yeah. I bet that wasn't MJ that picked him though. I bet that was the front office. They just try to pin it on MJ. Damn it. You know? (laughs) Yeah. Quit pinning that shit on MJ. (laughs) Well, I would agree with you on the, uh, back to the off season grade for Boston. I would agree. It was pretty, pretty lackluster. Um, Yeah. And I really, I think they shot themselves in the foot by not pulling the trigger on that Oladipo and Turner uh, trade. Like sure, I think those are two solid moves to bring in. But again, at that point, your guys are going to really need to know their roles. But it shouldn't be that hard. Like that starting five should be very clearly defined. And you, like Kemba's your uh, offensive initiator. Great. Uh, Oladipo he cuts a lot, doesn't he? Isn't he kind of a cutter slasher type player? He's just athletic. Just athletic. But so what you, sucks is that he's had these injuries and it's taken away his athleticism. He's a good shooter though, too. Okay, so then he's your he's a good shooter. Jason Tatum's a walking bucket at that point and it's going to get a lot of ISO possessions. I feel like Brown needs to start fucking standing in the corner and they need to start sending him the ball that way and then he can also take it to the rack. Yeah, oh yeah. And then Turner's going to be your big. So like, I feel like that clearly defines everything for you. You should all be able to accept those roles. You pull the trigger on that trade and you might make it out of the East, but you didn't and now you're probably going to be about in the same position as you were before. Especially just, with just Bro- and short. now you might fall back a little bit because Brooklyn's in the game now. So do you know who would fit their team perfectly if they could pull off some kind of sign and trade deal? If Utah doesn't get any farther this playoffs, I could see Donovan Mitchell requesting a trade. Let's say in the next two years, Donovan Mitchell will give Boston two more years of leeway with this current group that they have. I'd they see how far see they get on the Lakers because no. Uh, let I want to rebolster this Lakers Boston rivalry. Forget this LA Clippers LA Lakers stuff. Well, once the Clippers move out of the Staples Center, I feel like that whole feud is just mu- it's pointless be now. Yeah, yeah, because the Clippers are a joke. Exactly, they fucked up the chance of it being a feud. Pretty much, like there was so much potential to with Kyrie to stick with Boston. Yeah, and go against LeBron. I don't know. I but that's a whole other thing. But like, so you think you could pull in like Don Mitchell on a. If because sign and trade or just a trade, I mean, I think that would be my that's just one of the things I wanted to spitball. But you know what? I could see being a potential move regarding Donovan Mitchell was him and Jamal Murray team up, yeah, him and Jamal Murray. And I don't know if Murray would leave Jokic because they have a pretty good, like, you know, thing going, right? I feel like they're feel just like they're should, perfect. I feel like you should on. bring Don Donovan Mitchell into Denver's culture, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I would like that more. Replace Gary Harris with Donovan Mitchell and the Nuggets make it to the NBA Finals. That's scary. That's a scary team. Uh, oh, so good. They well, would have been so good. I well, think we're each down to not. one more team to make it five. So if you want to go ahead and pick your last team there for your offseason grade and I'll hit my last one as well. I feel like we have to talk about Dallas. If we're going to, if we had to talk about one more team, it has to be Dallas because they are going to be an interesting team in the West and I could see them being the three seed. If KP stays healthy, maybe they fall to like five to six range again. But I feel like them having Doncic alone really elevates their team. And I think they made some pretty good moves this offseason. Yeah, they picked up uh, Josh Richardson. They basically swapped out uh, Curry for Richardson. Um, Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. Um, Is that a good deal though? Is that going to hurt them in the long run? Because Richardson can shoot the three, but not like Curry. Offensively, it hurts him. Defensively, it helps. Yeah. Curry was getting eaten alive defensively, True, and they yeah. had the most efficient offense the NBA has ever seen last season. So, like offensively, you're you're good even when you lose Curry. Like, yeah, you're gonna, you're losing a lot of perimeter shooting there. Uh, Richardson isn't quite the shooter, but it's not enough to hurt the core identity of your team and really hurt your offense. Cause the real reason your offense is that efficient is because you got Luka Doncic bringing the ball up the court every time. Um, that's, Tim Hardaway jr. Had a great season. Tim Hardaway too. had a great season. KP was balling out when healthy. Um, so 
Like they're already super efficient offensively. They needed to bolster their defense. And I think that's what getting Richardson does. You swap out a little bit more of a defensive minded guard um, rather than having Curry, who's obviously just a lights out shooter. I was seeing this thing the other day. He was uh, at one of Philly's practice facilities shooting and he didn't miss like it was like 10 in a row or something from behind the line. He was, he didn't miss. It was like 10 straight. He was just shooting, seeing shooting, these guys shooting, in the gym space be... to space. Like Seth Curry is ridiculous from behind the line. So, I mean, that hurts, but I, I think they're just trying to bolster their defense, honestly, which is yeah. a smart move. You needed to do that. Like KP's got to step up defensively too. We've talked about that before. Like Kristaps has got to step up defensively. He only needs to step it up slightly though, because I feel like he's pretty good in the post. I mean, he gets pushed around because of how wiry he is, but he can block shots like crazy. He's almost like KD where he just reaches over guys and just stuffs them from the top. I think he needs to be a little bit more uh, tenacious. Yeah, probably. He's a little bit more aggressive, especially because like, look at the big bodies he's going against in the Western Conference, Anthony Davis and Jokic. Imagine seeing Dallas versus Philadelphia in the NBA Finals. That'd be, be crazy. crazy. That'd be a crazy match. That would be Porzingis versus Embiid. Yeah. Yeah. Doncic <laughs> versus Ben Simmons. Allegedly. Until they move him. <laughs> They're not going to deal him. Until they move Daryl him. Daryl Morey's all in on Simmons. Until they I think pair he, him up with John Wall in I Houston. Think <laughs> Daryl Morey sees Simmons like Westbrook. He's like, this guy's going to feast at the... We're not going to force... I feel like, yet again, they're they're not going to I mean, he is like a bigger Westbrook, right? Basically, yeah. Can't shoot, but can drive and score all day. Exactly. Cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> and he's way more... Like, he gets shut down in the playoffs. He, That's he, what happened to He's a us. better defender than Russ, too. He can actually defend like one through four, pretty, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, I definitely. Mean, really, he can defend one through five, honestly. Uh, if he had to, he could defend the five. Um... Anyway, that's a whole lot of whole lot of off topic there. Um, but yeah, what would you rate Dallas's offseason? And they also pulled in a couple guys from the drafts that I was hearing some noise about, some like uh, later draft picks, which you know never a guarantee. I can't remember the exact names of these guys, uh, but apparently there was quite a few people that were uh, high on those draft picks. Um, so maybe those young developing that younger talent will help. Yeah. Um, they moved. I know like the moves that they made cleared up cap space. I know that they were one of the teams that very clearly cleared up cap space for next season's free agency uh, pool. Obviously you would have to think Giannis. That's what everyone keeps saying is what these teams are freeing up cap space for. So they were one of the teams yeah. that did that. Obviously I think they're going to make a push for Giannis. If Giannis doesn't sign that supermax. Um, can't really say like I'm outstanding with their off season, but they also didn't hurt themselves that bad. I would say like a B. That's what I gave them to was a B because yeah. I feel like they kind of stayed neutral, but they also stayed consistent. Right. And, and you have Luca. Like with <laughs> contending teams, I feel like you kind of have to cut the fluff off a little bit. You know, you yeah. really have to cut it down to what, who your final eight, nine guys are going to be. Right. And I feel like that's what they were moving towards here is they, like you said, they offloaded Curry to add more defense and that's, Cutting the fat off. I mean, like yeah. that's what it is. They well, want yeah, and look at look at a team that goes uh, 11, 12 deep in the playoffs, like the Bucks, and look how that goes out for them. Two years in a row, it's hurt them when they go eleven deep. So you can't really go that deep in the playoffs. Exactly, like, you have to rely on nine, eight, nine guys. Yeah, I would say like an eight man rotation is ideal. That's what everyone's freaking out right now about uh, the Jazz. Because they're like the Jazz has the best eight man rotation in the NBA right now after they're off. Awesome. Sure, and I'm like. Okay, not cool. the best, but like yeah. <laughs> I want to say the best either. People are just like people get so hyped up about stuff, man. It's crazy. Um, that closes our offseason grades, though. Um, I think uh, I think we have a really competitive uh, Western Conference. I think the Eastern Conference actually got a little less competitive just because a couple of the teams like didn't really take a step forward and arguably took steps back. And then you also just bring in Kevin Durant, who if healthy is just going to create such a big gap between a lot of these. Yeah, teams. exactly. That's like, going to blow the East. So I feel like the East like, just got apart. like less competitive and the West just continues to stay competitive. If not got more competitive, um, more, I definitely. mean, you did lose, Houston and Warriors theoretically take a step back, but now Phoenix takes a step forward. Um, who else could take a step forward? The Pelicans could easily take a step forward this season, um, especially with a play-in tournament. So like, although Warriors and Houston are damaged, 
other teams are going to step up. I mean, right. it's, it's going to happen. So the West just continues to stay really competitive. Um, and as far as offseason moves, teams in the West did a better job, in my opinion. Um, it's going to be an entertaining season, though. Season, though, indeed, I think it's going to be really, really entertaining. I hope um, it's as good as last season. Yeah, uh, I would say as long as like there's not too many issues with COVID. Like as long as most of your like main guys mm-hmm. can stay uh, negative with COVID and continue to play consistently, um, I think the product's going to be really entertaining that these teams are putting out. Um, I'm just really excited for some of these matchups that we're going to see what's like the biggest matchup, like, like game you're looking forward to. Like what's the biggest game like here soon or like alleged playoff matchups. Uh, yeah, let's do an alleged. What, what is a matchup in the playoffs that you're looking forward to the most? Your number one matchup, the first or second round Clippers Lakers first or second round, not in the Western conference finals. Right. Okay. Interesting. Because I feel like as much as I said earlier that I don't want to see that rivalry become a thing, I think we should close the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Close the book on it. Because if the Clippers come out on top, then maybe it is a rivalry. But if the Lakers put them down again, it's over. It's not. Yeah. And Kawhi. They're the Inglewood Clippers. And everyone can stop comparing Kawhi to LeBron LeBron as far as like talent Jordan. Yeah. Well, yeah, Jordan shouldn't even be close, but like as far as like impact, like stop comparing Kawhi to LeBron. He does not cause the same amount of impact to a team that LeBron does, plain and simple. Uh yeah, I would agree that I would like to see that just for the sake of putting that that to rest like exactly. officially, like right. because like we kind of got cheated as a fan base by not seeing them play each other in the Western Conference Finals to a degree. But, but like, we they saw just, justice, though. I think we saw the best possible matchup that we could have got. Right. Jokic mas- matched up against Anthony Davis, I think, is far more entertaining than anything Clippers... Like, is far more entertaining than LeBron versus Kawhi. Clippers is going to be more of the off-court drama. Yeah. Denver was all about just... The basketball, dude. Yeah. That was just, that, that was just a really good series. Although they got the gentleman sweep to him. Um, I think it was still... Jokic still matched up with AD, though. Yeah, and Jamal, right and Jamal was just going so hard, dude. He was oh, yeah. trying his absolute hardest, and it was just really great to see. I would say, though, the uh, matchup that I'm looking forward to the most would be a final series versus the Los Angeles Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, I'm Get just excited to see them play the each KD other. LeBron series. Yeah. yeah, exactly. KD's got him right now 2-1 in the finals as far as records go. So it would just be great to see them uh, see Braun tie tie the score there, even it up, even up the board there. Um, Plus, we have a wild card in that factor. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving. Exactly. You're pitting, you're pitting LeBron against Kyrie. That's a great storyline. Uh, yeah, I just think it's a really good storyline. I mean, I just want to see these two teams play in general. It doesn't even have to be in the playoffs or, or in the yeah. Uh, yeah. Finals, like in the I just want to see them in the regular good. season. Yeah, like I just Christmas think that's could have been gonna be really entertaining. They should have put it on Christmas Day. They really exactly. should have. Uh, the Nets are a really good team, man. And as long as Kyrie and KOD don't mess up the culture in a way that like Kawhi and Paul George allegedly messed up the culture there, I think they're coming into a really good program. Um, if Kyrie can stay healthy as well, if KD can stay healthy, right? I yeah. just think they're going to be a problem for everyone, um, and I just think they would match up against the Lakers really well overall. Uh, Lakers have them in size, but overall talent and skill, I think the Brooklyn Nets would have them, especially as far as like depth on their bench and everything as well. Um, so it would just be really interesting to see uh, LeBron go at KD like that, but. We're sitting over an hour now, man. Um, probably could wrap it up. I'd say we'll leave some more for next time. Yeah, I mean, we definitely got a lot more content uh, coming coming out. Uh, we got a lot to talk about even before the season starts. We still have uh, a lot to talk about. So we'll be trying to pump out a couple of these a week. Uh, but we thank you all for tuning in and uh, joining in in our discussion here about the NBA offseason. Uh, we appreciate all listeners and enjoy your day.